Christian Heritage Ministry, in cooperation with Fuller Seminary, proudly presents the Old Fashioned Revival Hour, a broadcast of the Gospel with Dr. Charles E. complete without this wonderful chorus that has captivated and captured the hearts of millions around the world. And now as you sing through the first time, turn around, shake hands with as many as possible. Really lift it up now. Heavenly Son, turn right around, give everybody a good handshake. 
are tottering around. Now all together and follow the leader, Mr. Green, and sing in unison on Heavenly Sunshine. Lift it up. And... That was wonderful singing. broadcast will be speaking upon this very far-reaching question, God gave them up. First chapter of Romans, verses 18 to 32. Have your Bibles ready a little later in the broadcast. And I want you to pray especially that God will bring conviction to a large number of souls today through the radio audience and here in the visible audience. Next Sunday, Lord willing, we're beginning a series of messages on the budding of the fig tree. I believe, and it's my heart conviction, that the main key, the master key that unlocks all prophetical teaching is God's dealings with the nation Israel. And now the budding of the fig tree has taken place. We're going to see many, many things take place in nature. And have your Bibles ready, notebook, pencil, or paper. I'm going to give you scores of reference because I am anxious 
that my radio audience, this wonderful radio audience that God has given us over the years, may be rooted and grounded and built up in the faith and not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Firmly believe that the signs of the Lord's second coming, the day of the Lord, are rapidly multiplying, and I want you to be ready and not be ashamed at his coming. All right, quartet. I found a friend in Jesus, he's everything to me. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. The lily of the valley, in him alone I see. All I need to cleanse and make me fully whole. In sorrow he's my comfort, in trouble he's my stay. He tells me every care on him to roll. Hallelujah, he's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. He'll never, never leave me, nor yet forsake me here. While I live by faith and do his blessed will, a wall of fire above me, I've nothing now to fear. With his manna he my hungry soul shall fill. Then sweeping up to glory, we'll see his blessed face, where rivers of delight shall ever roll. Hallelujah, he's the lily of the valley, the bright and morning star. He's the fairest of ten thousand to my soul. And now, Mrs. Fuller, honey, are you ready? All right, go right ahead. Greetings, friends. Well, still the cards and messages come from you dear radio friends. And I must take this means of thanking each one of you. Nonetheless, appreciation because you did not receive a note. That is impossible, but I do love you and thank you for your prayerful interest during my illness. I do not feel quite myself yet, but I'm much, much better. I have many, many things to thank God for, as we all have. One lady wrote from England a letter this week. She said she'd been in bed, confined to her bed for 18 years. But, oh, she said, the Lord has been so good to me all those years. A lady writes from Houston, Texas, Dear Reverend and Mrs. Fuller, As I listened to your program last Sunday, I kept thinking, why the old-fashioned revival hour is part of our American life. A spiritual luxury, so to speak, which we enjoy along with all the other abundance which the Lord has given us in our national life. And I pray with you, that the hour may continue and receive prayerful support from responsible listeners. That's nice, isn't it? From Fairbanks, Alaska, comes a good letter from a man who seems to feel that Mr. Fuller might feel a little bit discouraged lately. He said, Dear Brother Fuller, of course, Alaska is not densely populated, and maybe you feel that not getting much response from here, your radio time could be used more profitably elsewhere. But I want you to know that you do have a wide audience through our station, which covers most of Alaska, and I know of many, many people who listen, and no doubt many a lonely bush trapper, miner, pilot, soldier, 
listened from the out-of-the-way places out in the hills where few stations reach. I have just started to work for this station as an engineer, and it was a great thrill for me to send your program out over the air this morning. I have listened for all of ten years here, and I just want you to know how glad we are to get your program and that it is needed. Well, then came with that a letter from some people in Alaska <clears throat> from Bear Cove. In, on the, Dear Reverend Fuller, my husband and I live on a homestead on the southern part of Alaska's peninsula, far from any community or church. We both confessed Christ as Savior in December of 1950 in our little church in Lancaster in California. We came to enjoy the fellowship there. And then we moved to Alaska and were very lonely for the fellowship of other Christians. And being so new in Christ, we felt a loss of guidance from other more experienced friends. But we have a battery radio here. And then one Sunday we heard your program. And when we heard the air filled with the singing of heavenly sunshine, we both felt a lump of homesickness in our throats. We felt in close touch again with others who love God. Now we hold church service in our own home, just the two of us and our two-year-old son, and we sing Heavenly Sunshine along with you, as well as the old hymns from our hymnal. Your teachings have been the spiritual food we were starved for, and we're so grateful for the preaching of our duties as Christians, as well as preaching to those who are not yet saved. Just one more letter from a young man who is with the Wycliffe translators now and who is going out to the mission field. The revival hour has meant much in my life. I first heard and understood the gospel from hearing you preach. I went into the Army Air Corps and was in Italy for some months. All during that time, your program was my church on the air. And what a blessing it was to me. My sister was converted listening to the hour while I was in the Army. I now have a wife and baby son and leave soon for Peru. I praise the Lord for your faithful preaching over the air, and I will continue to pray for you as long as I live. Isn't that a good letter? And that is all I shall have time for today, friends.
Number 72 on your song sheet. Two verses. Number 72. May we stand and sing, I wandered far away from God, now I'm coming home. Remain standing for prayer. singing and we men humming in the background. I love to hear you do that. Second verse. bowed heads and closed eyes. Our gracious Heavenly Father, today in a special way, may the Holy Spirit take the things of Christ and reveal them unto all of us, especially to those that are upon the broad road leading to everlasting destruction, that they may be checked and translated by thy great power out from under the power of darkness into the kingdom of God, of thy dear Son, the Lord Jesus. And we pray in these critical, perilous times that the standard of righteousness in our nation may be raised. Oh, when we hear of corruption and sins of the flesh permeating the high places of our land, we ask Thee to check and through the preaching of the Word conviction be brought and repentance be on all hands and confession of sin. Guide us in these critical days. Guide everyone that's a citizen of this country to do his or her duty as in thy sight. And may the forces of righteousness be at the head of our beloved country. And now to those that are out in fields of battle, away from home, in the service, Many a 
father and mother lonely because their son is away, some in the heat of battle. Lord Jesus, stand by them, comfort them, instruct them. And if need be, that is, if wherever the case may be, bring them to a saving knowledge of, of thy Son. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. to the Old Fashioned Revival Hour with Dr. Charles E. Fuller. His message today is titled, God Gave Them Up. Open your Bibles to the book of Romans, chapter 1, as we rejoin the broadcast. I'll provide additional information after Dr. Fuller's message.
Bibles open to Romans chapter 1 verses 18 to 32. These verses record God's true unretouched photograph of the human heart. Let me repeat, these verses set forth God's unretouched photograph of the human heart. Read these verses over and over. Elsewhere in God's Word, we find that the heart is deceitful above all else and desperately wicked. Romans 1, 18 to 32 give in detail the extent of that deceitfulness and wickedness. Here in these verses, we find the terrible possibilities, the sinful potentialities of the natural, unregenerated heart. Who can know it? Well, God does. 
By the way of introduction, in verses 16 and 17 of chapter 1, we have the great theme of Romans stated there concisely and clearly. Notice some of the words in those two verses. Gospel, glad tidings, good news, Christ, God's appointed one, no other name under heaven, given among men whereby we must be saved. Power, God's dynamite, God's atomic bomb. Salvation, righteousness, just, that is, those that are justified, living by faith. Here is the bright side of redemption in Christ Jesus in those two verses. And then without a word of introduction, we go from Romans 1, 18 to 32, and we have the dark, sinful side of our unredeemed nature laid bare. That the wrath of God is revealed against all ungodliness and unrighteousness. How quickly, therefore, we turn from righteousness revealed to wrath revealed, as much as to say, friend outside of Christ, there's no time to waste. Tomorrow may be too late. Now is the accepted time. And we turn from the gospel of Christ to the godlessness of men, from the glory of the Son of God to the shame and sins of the sons of men, from the glory of the upper world to the horror and depths of the underworld, from the Son in God's likeness to the sinner in man's likeness, from grace to disgrace, from unspeakable love to unutterable lust. God lays bare the human unregenerated heart in Romans 1, 18 to 32. And even though you may be educated in high society, your heart is capable of that which is laid forth here in these verses. And so here is God's true photograph of man's utter ruin, ruined by sin, of fallen man's being beyond man's repair, of what man by nature is without God, without Christ, without hope, dead in trespasses and sin. And the conclusion of this chapter, we find God's conclusion that they which commit such things are worthy of death. And unless one repents and confesses his need of salvation, he will be forever, forever separated from God down through the eternal ages without end in the blackness of separation forever. Now Romans 1, 18 to 13, or 32 rather, may be approached from various angles to show man's utter ruin before God. And from these various approaches, we will confine ourselves to this one as follows. To show sinful man's three downward steps, the steps he takes on the broad road which leads to eternal separation from God. Now, I do not know which steps you, my sinning friend, have already taken. This, however, I do say, that unless you are converted, you will eventually take all three downward steps and spend eternity without God, without Christ. First of all, this may raise some questions in your mind, but listen, this is God's Word. 
There are two types of sinners on this broad road leading to eternal destruction. First, one who has refused to be obedient to his God-implanted conscience. Second, one who has heard the gospel, the good news of salvation, yet refuses to believe and be saved. This type of sinner is doubly guilty in that he has not only been disobedient to his own conscience, but disobedient to the claims of the gospel. And I tremble for you who have sat under the preaching of the gospel to leave your earthly tabernacle unsaved, departing out into outer darkness, a wandering soul through the ages to come. You are doubly condemned having heard the good news, refusing to bow the knee and accept the Lamb of God which taketh away the sins of the world. Romans 1, 18 to 32 now, read it, records the three downward steps of both types, especially the latter type, that is, those who have heard the gospel but who are refusing to be saved, thus receiving the greater judgment the greater punishment in the lake of fire which burneth forever. May the Holy Spirit now enlighten the eyes of our understanding. And may you who are outside of Christ yet unsaved flee to the wounded side of Christ and come into the ark of safety ere the Lord return. In John's Gospel, now follow carefully. I want to lay a good solid foundation. I'm not here to entertain you. I'm here to pleading and pouring out my heart that you might be reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. I have but one life to lead, to live, and I want to give it with all that I have to win you to a saving knowledge of Christ. In John's Gospel, first chapter, verse 9, we find these words. Listen carefully. There is a light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. This light we call conscience. This God-implanted conscience is the traffic light. You travel the crowded city highways, and if you run the red light and a policeman is nearby, you'll get a ticket. You are to obey the lights and wait until you have the green light, the go-ahead signal. And God has planted in every heart that has come into this world His traffic signal, conscience, God implanted. And you know the difference between right and wrong. If we disobey conscience, Conscience soon becomes seared as with a hot iron. We become or may become past feeling. No hope of return. Passing that invisible line whereby God says, My spirit will not always strive with man and he'll give you up. This is God's word. And I beg of you to heed what it says. Now notice in Romans 1.19, 
because that which may be known of God is manifest in them through conscience. For God has showed it unto them. When you stand out in the open spaces and see the handiwork, the heavens declaring His glory and the earth His handiwork, dare you be such a fool as to say there's no God? Silly! Of all the people, you're the worst fool that ever happened if you're in that class. Now notice, in the heart of everyone, God has implanted a light, a conscience. But notice, 21, when they knew God, they glorified Him not as God, and as a result became unthankful, vain in their reasoning, their heart darkened. Verse 22, professing, that is, saying that they were wise, they became fools, that is, were fools led astray by their perverted minds. And on all sides of us today, we have men and women who are perverted in their thinking, pulled away from the standard of God's Word. And so Romans 1, 12, 12, 1 and 2 says, Be not conformed to this age, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, pulled back into line. That's what the word correction means. To read God's Word and have your mind pulled back into line. The man that disregards God's Word is out of line, perverted. He becomes a fool in God's sight. And what will it lead you to? Listen. They changed, verse 23, the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image, idolatry, going from the image of a man to birds, four-footed beasts, and creeping things. There you have the devil's evolution, downward, satanic, bowing down before images made of corruptible things. And the conclusion of this first downward step, refusing to obey conscience, refusing to obey the gospel, is found in verse 24. Listen. Wherefore, God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. That's the natural result. Who changed the truth of God into a lie? Listen. Wherefore, God gives you up Ceasing to know God results in idolatry, and idolatry ends in the filthiness of the flesh and the spirit. Read the reports of the missionaries in foreign countries. Casting away divine restraint, the lust of one's darkened heart plunges him into ever deeper bodily uncleanness and bodily vileness, as it was in the days of Noah. So shall it also be in the days of the Son of Man. The second downward step, verse 25. Here it is. Not retaining the knowledge of God. What do you do next? Changing the truth of God into a lie. Not believing God's Word. Adding to or subtracting from God. 
twisting the Scriptures to bear out your own personal interpretation and resting the Scriptures under your own destruction, ever learning but never coming to the knowledge of the truth in Christ Jesus. And that's why you have all these false isms, these bloodless cults, these devil-inspired systems of man-made religion. But my Bible says, Revelation 22:18, For I testify unto every man that heareth the words of the prophecy of this book, if any man shall add unto these things, add unto God's word, God shall add unto him the plagues that are written in this book. And if any man shall take away from the words of the book of this prophecy, God shall take away his part out of the book of life and out of the holy city and from the things which are written in this book. Dare you tamper with the written word of God? Thus saith the Lord. Verse 26. If you do, this is the second step downward. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. And you read the next two verses yourself. I don't want to read it publicly. Go to the Bible and read it yourself. Homosexuality plus. And the things that are spoken of there are taking place in our high society and in our so-called civilized country today. Am I giving you the truth? I am. And if God would pull back the curtain of your human heart, you'd see that heart just as God outlines it. God gave them over unto shameful passions. Verses 26 and 27. The third downward step, and I must hasten. Verse 28. The next is, you do not like to retain God in your minds or knowledge. And God gave them over, will give you over to a reprobate mind. One of the most startling things that has come to my attention is this, that in some of the godless, communistic-controlled countries today, they have what they call brainwashing. What do they do? They take a child or a young man, and all they will do is to allow him to read that which is contrary to God's Word supplanting the dictator of that country in the place of God and reading only those things published by the heads or the head of the communistic system, godless as it is. Brainwashing. What is the purpose? That there be no knowledge of God in the minds of people, turning them from the truth to the lie and ultimately to the worship of Satan himself, the Antichrist. A reprobate mind to practice things not befitting his cre creatures. Now notice, and I only have time to give you, filled with all injustice, selfishness enthroned against all rights of others, destructiveness, wickedness in hostile activity, covetousness. The word means to itch for more. Greedy, grasping, making gain from others' losses. Malice, desire to injure another, full of envy. Hatred towards someone who is above you, succeeding or making more of a success of his work than you are. Murder, strife, wrangling, contention, guile. The word means a bait for fish, to catch with a bait. 
And the business world is filled with guile to catch with a bait no matter how they do it. Using guile, hateful to God or hatred towards God, we'll not have this man to rule over us. Away with him! Why take counsel against mine anointed one? Disobedient to parents, that is... Young people will not be persuaded by their parents when God's Word says, Honor thy father and thy mother. You little know it all. You ought to be spanked. Then, without pity, how can these godless dictators torture and with such cruelty they're without pity. No pity for the suffering humanity. Verse 32, who knowing the judgment of God that they which commit such things are worthy of death not only to the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Given up, past feeling, without hope, without Christ, without God. But wait, God says, I'm not willing that any should perish. I don't know how many steps you've taken away from God. I don't know how far down the path of sin you may be, but if the Holy Spirit is speaking to you today and saying, Come now, let us reason together. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. For he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into judgment or condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Will you take God at his word? Let's bow our heads in prayer. No one stirring, bowed before him. Friend outside of Christ on the broad road leading to destruction, stop. Obey the traffic signal, the red light's against you. You've disobeyed your conscience. You've disobeyed the gospel dictates and the gospel pleading. How far will you go? God says, come now. I'm not willing that you should perish. Him that cometh unto me, I'll in no wise cast out. Will you come? God bless you. We'll pray for you out in the radio audience that God will bring you to assurance of passing from death unto life, becoming new creation. Continue in prayer.